Welcome to Folk and Beyond with Air Stephen for a journey into contemporary folk music from all over the planet. with the Asylum Street Stankers, and you're listening to 91.1 WTJU Charlottesville. each day by the Asylum Street Spankers, God's favorite band. 
their most recent CD on Yellow Dog and Spanks A Lot Records. This is Air Steven with Christina Mars, one of the co-founders and the last woman standing. This has become a great friendship over the years and 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 we're all gonna miss the Asylum Street Spankers. What's up with that? Why are we quitting now? Yeah, it's been a long run. Um, and it's, it's been a, a tough past couple of years. It's, it's hard for um, a touring band to make a living out there right now. Um, the economy has definitely uh, affected our decision to uh, wrap up touring. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's getting more expensive to be out there. And, and people are buying fewer CDs. You know, it's just kind of an old-fashioned way to listen to music these days. And um, for any touring band, the CD sales are definitely you know your bread and butter and so when you see a uh, a big dip in that it, it affects things and that's just you know an industry-wide trend that there's not much we can do about it so um it just seemed like a good time to uh wrap it up and move on to other things a well-planned out spanks for everything tour well we'll finish up our touring in march and then we'll do one last um austin show uh yeah at the beginning of april Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the Asylum Street Spankers, we welcome you to our new album. For those of you who are enjoying this through the magic of digital technology, we encourage you to buy more vinyl. And now, without further ado, the Asylum Street Spankers. It's kind of ending as it started, as it's all started with Spanks for the Memories way back in 1996 when that was released. I imagine you had a few things happening before then. I think we, we had a cassette tape out. It was a live, uh, live recording, and it was called Asylum Street Bankers Live, and, and yeah, that was on cassette tape. Uh, <laughs> and started in April of 94, and so it'll be 17 years, almost exactly 17 it's, years. Boy, that's a big chunk of your life. Yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, I guess when it comes down to it is when the spankers were paying us a decent living uh, it was one thing but when we got really tight and we were making lots of money it, it does come down to well you know is it worth it to me to be away from my family 150 days a year for, for this kind of pay <laughs> yeah sure well let's do a little trip down memory lane can we sure so let's start with spanks for the memories in there's Ten folks on the cover in that band, and and you are sporting some some uh, kind of 20s style hair, sitting in the middle of the band as always. The only woman to travel with all these men through all these years. You didn't have any mics on stage at that point. No, uh, we didn't use any mics for the first ten years. What do you remember about the first album? Well, we recorded it at, uh, in an old house in the living room of an old house in East Austin. Uh, we called it the Pink House because it was pink. <laughs> and it was um, produced and recorded and mixed by um, Mark Rubin and Danny Barnes, then of the Bad Lovers. If I remember correctly, I think we used kind of um, room miking techniques as opposed to close miking techniques. I think it probably took us maybe a few days to record all the tracks. The founding members were yourself and Guy Forsyth and Whammo. Right. It seemed that you encouraged every member that passed through the Asylum Street Spankers to write their own songs. When the band's 
started, uh, there were very few original numbers. Um, we were doing a lot of covers, a lot of old country blues and more roots music. And I think on Spanks for the Memories, there's probably a pretty high cover song to original song ratio on that, on that record. Some people are songwriters and some people aren't, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people we've hired just for their playing abilities, for their musicianship. Well, I turned on my TV set to see if it was cheesy as I forget. Maybe country videos might so save. But them new wave Nashville's on the juke. Turn my gut fix into puke. I bet Hank Williams is spinning in his grave. Oh, this Western glamour's full of Philistines. Churning out false prophets, slave to the machine. But I'm heading for the lowlands. You won't miss me when I'm gone. Cause I'm starting to hate country, but I still love cowboy songs. Come on, pop! My daddy told me about single malt scotch and Caribbean cigars. And sure, I've tried Chateau Lafitte, Cristal, Beluga, Caviar. But if you walk into a joint and the clientele sneers as if you need a fresh coat of paint, well, you can look around the room for me, but I guarantee I ain't there. Because I love martinis, I love cigars, but I hate martini and cigar bars. I'm hip on swing dancing, cool classic cars, but I the next studio album that came out was one of my favorites, Hot Lunch. And uh-huh. quite a lineup you were sporting with Asylum Streets Bankers at that point. A lot of people singing, a lot of people writing songs, some very, very clever tunes. That, one, that had so many songs on it, too. In retrospect, probably too long of a record. But, um, I loved Smells Like 30-something, and Asylum Street Blues was on there, a tune uh-huh. that we stopped singing after a while called Sad Bomber. Right, right. UFO Attack, Hot Lunch, Cakewalk. Cakewalk. I really, I really like that song. That was written by um, Papa Bayless. I remember working out the harmonies for that. We wanted to do kind of a Boswell sister style harmonies on it. So I took the four track home with me, and and I figured out all the harmonies, and I recorded all the parts, and I took it back to the guys and said, okay, well, this will be your part, and this will be your part, and this will be my part. And they were like, well, why don't you just sing all the parts? You already know them all. So, <laughs> so that's three three me's on that recording with the, those harmonies. And then, um, yeah, it's a, it's a really cool song. We had uh, Bob Brosman produce that record and played on it a lot, and, and that was really cool to, to work with him. He's a very talented guy, scary talented guy. Life in a cakewalk, it's a waltz All oh, but they're playing my music out of time Life ain't the love boat, it's a barge And it's sinking, someone throw me a line Luck ain't a lady, life is a bitch I may never get wealthy, but I'll always be rich I'm rolling Oh, but it always leaves me hungry 
Steve and I've been talking with Christina Mars here on WTJU Charlottesville. The Asylum Street Spankers in 2000 came out with the spoof on uh, Reefer Madness, Spanker Madness. And it's interesting that 10 years later, there's these songs are still so pertinent. We really, truly, we didn't invent the genre, you know, um, the Reefer tunes. It's been around for quite a while. We just wanted to do um, a record of original reefer tunes. And so, yeah, you know, even even some of the songs back from the, uh, the 30s are still very pertinent today, you know. That was a fun record to work on, for sure. Wouldn't it be nice if I could see my little Pakalolo baby? And I would ask him if he still loved only me. Oh, life could be so sweet with the sand beneath our feet on the beaches of Maui. Oh, Lord, baby, won't you come back home to me? Oh, Lord, I miss you so, and the only place I wanna be is with my little Pakalolo baby underneath the shady palm tree. Then my lazy boy just watching my TV There's something that the newsman can't explain to me Maybe I'm just paranoid as I set my reaper down If there's a war on drugs going on I come there all around But we're winning the war on drugs We're winning the war on drugs Praise the Lord and pass the ball We're winning the war on drugs You can grow them in your backyard Or score them off the thugs 
Put your hands against the car, we're winning the war on drugs Baby, I wanna trim yo Baby, I wanna trim yo Baby, I wanna trim yo Beautiful Christmas tree Baby, now here's the reason Baby, my work is pleasing Please, won't you let me trim your Our beautiful Christmas tree I'm gonna bring along my hatchet My beautiful Christmas balls I'll sprinkle my snow upon your tree And hang a mistletoe on your walls Baby, I'll make you cheery Baby, you'll call me dearie Baby, I wanna trim your Our beautiful Christmas tree All right, Stan! A Christmas album from the Asylum Street's Bankers. A Christmas spanking. Probably my least favorite spanker record. Although a lot of people really love that record and I think it did well for us. But I personally just don't have any real great affection for Christmas music. That was our manager's idea. It's his job to come up with the, the new projects or push us in certain directions and keep us recording and that kind of thing. And So we made the Christmas record. We recorded it over the course of two nights and I had the flu. I was sick as a dog and uh, probably contributes a lot to my distaste for that record is I, <laughs> I hear it in my own voice, like how sick I was. I just I couldn't sing at all. So. so that one was kind of a drag for me. It's interesting that you've touched base on the holiday season, but you certainly did it with a flair. Rarely gets put down on recordings, and it was a fun record to have for those holiday seasons for those people who do like those Christmas songs, that's for sure. I think my favorite record you guys did was my favorite record. Imagine that. 
That's one of my favorites too, and um, that was partially that the name of the record came about because when you have a lot of records, it's inevitably someone comes up to your merch table at the end of the night and, and says, "Which one is your favorite?" And it's such a hard question to ask, so we thought it would be funny if we could say, "This is my favorite record." And then also, as a DJ, when you're playing anything from that record. You would say something like, "That was the Asylum Street Spankers from my favorite record." <laughs> so uh, it was a kind of a joke, and we ended up writing the title track uh, after the fact. We were in the studio. We decided that that record needed a title track, and we wrote it in the studio and recorded it right there. A couple tunes on there where you really uh, utilize your Helen Kane style of vocalization. Monkey rag. Monkey rag. Right. That's a voice I, I try not to sing it anymore. That got to be really frustrating for me. It was obviously a, a novelty voice that was applied in certain musical situations to, you know, create a certain effect. But <laughs> yeah, I got so tired of, of people coming up to me at the end of the night and go, "Oh, you sound like Betty Boop," and I, you know, maybe sing in that that character voice once a night. And I thought, gosh, this is what people are remembering me for. And that was. That was really frustrating because I consider myself a serious vocalist. <laughs> did, you, did you ever correct him and tell him, that's not Betty Boop, that's Helen Kane? It's Helen Kane. No, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't do that. Yeah, I, I just don't really do that voice anymore because it, it was kind of frustrating. I sing in a lot of different voices. That's the only voice that's like a real character. It's, a, it's what acting is when you're singing. I did get frustrated by people. That's, that was the thing they were taking away with them from the show. It's like, oh, great. To love you, baby, well, I'd say the answer's no Cause I've been something of a fool at this So as far as these things go It's as easy as A, B, C It's like learning how to count You know that loving you is just like breathing in and breathing out What would you say was is your most natural voice? You talked about character voices Because they're like on breathing Breathing seems to be one of your most natural voices As far as... Does that make sense to say something like that? Well, I think they're all natural voices. I, mean, they're, um, I think I just it's just the way that I approach singing. And when we didn't use microphones, everything I sang had to be belted at the top of my lungs, even a song like Breathin'. When I think of um, the, the feel, the emotion of Breathin' and, and the, the lyrics, it, to me it's just not a song that requires belting out. But without microphones, that was pretty much necessary to get to get it to the back of the room and that was one thing about going into the studio I could actually sing a song the way that I wanted it to be sang the way it felt right to me the way I heard it in my head and and that's one of the things that I I've really enjoyed about using microphones is that now I can I can um, use dynamics you know I can be subtle I can be quiet and I don't have to belt everything out they're all natural voices. I mean, it's not like I'm sucking down helium before I... No, but I mean, <laughs> just, just it seems like a certain song might require a, more of a blues queen or a deep gospel. Or, exactly. And, 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 and those and, are all perfectly natural ways for me to sing. Uh-huh. Um, 
Whereas the, the Helen Kane or the Betty Boop thing was, it was just, it was appropriate for the song where I used that, that voice. But if I were going to sit down with my guitar and sing a Beatles tune, I, I certainly would, <laughs> I would sure. use that voice. So. Loving you is just like breathing in and breathing out, like breathing in and breathing out, like breathing breathing out, like breathing in and breathing out, like breathing in and breathing out, like breathing in and breathing out.
Teddy Smith and Gluey was 12 years old Fell from the roof on East 10-9 Kathy was 11 when she pulled the plug On 26 reds and a bottle of wine Bobby caught leukemia, 14 years old Like 65 when he died He was a friend of mine Oh, those are people who died, died 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 There's all my friends And they died this is Air Steven. I've been talking with Christina Mars here on WTJU Charlottesville. The next album was kind of a cover album. Mercurial was absolutely a cover record. I mean, that was its whole intent. Because, you know, as a live band, we've had a lot of cover songs in our repertoire. We still do. And they don't always make it onto the studio records because we're focused on getting the original material recorded. That, you know, they, any original material that's accumulated since the last studio record. But we had a lot of great covers in a repertoire that hadn't been recorded. And so we recorded Mercurial live to tape, as in no overdubs and no multi-tracking. So what, what you hear on, on that record is really the way the band at the time sounded playing all together. Um, I really like how that record sounds sonically. Yeah, there's some unique cover songs on there. Yeah, it spanned a lot of ages. In fact, you know, tight like that going way back into the 20s or is that 30s? can't really trace back. Um, somebody probably could tell you. I'm, I'm not a blues historian. But yeah, some of these days, I, I believe that that song goes back to the 19-teens. Some of these days, you're gonna miss me, honey. Some of these days, you're gonna feel so lonely. You'll miss my hugging. You'll miss my kissing. You'll miss my loving. And then we did some other covers. We did um, a Beastie Boys song and a Black Flag song and a TV party. Seems like that was from the 80s. The Mercurial covers weren't just one era of covers. It certainly covered a lot of. And uh, you know, it, again, it's just kind of representative of, of what the band's always done. We've always chosen our songs from a variety of genres and eras and styles. And one thing I always loved about the Stinkers is. We weren't married to any particular era or like a lot of throwback bands are. It was never our goal to sound authentic or like a Smithsonian archival recording. You know? mm -hmm. um, we just play music that we like and it comes out sounding like us. party tonight. All right. We're gonna have a TV party. All right. Tonight. We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of brews. Everybody's gonna hang out here tonight. All right. We'll pass out on the couch. All right. Tonight. We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of brews. No one talks about anything else We don't want to know We're dedicated to our favorite shows Fantasy Island Ipsen Mad 
We sit glued to the TV set all night And every night Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright We got nothing better to do Than watch TV and have a couple of brews TV shows what it's like out there It's a scare You can go out if you want We We don't don't care. care We got nothing better to do to school for Mommy Says No. There's a picture on the back here, all in school. Uh, that's my son's elementary school. <laughs> um, his classmates at the time. I think that was in between kindergarten and first grade, I think, or in between first and second. I, I can't remember. One of the most special children's albums I've ever heard. Uh, yeah. Some of them yeah. Ne- not necessarily for children. Well, they're all for children. They're all appropriate for children. That's, that's true. <laughs> Big distinguishing factor is we wanted to make a kid's record, and it was kind of a lesson in irony for us to make a kid's record, but it was something that we had joked about because having put out, you know, Spanker Madness and then the two adult-oriented EPs, we thought it would be funny if, if this band that's known for doing more um, adult humor and kind of body humor would put out a kid's record, but... At the same time, it was really important to us to make a children's record that adults would enjoy listening to because, have you listened to any kids' music? Mm. <laughs> it's the- really awful. And even the stuff that's supposedly hip kids' music is really not very tolerable to listen to. Kids tend to listen to the same songs over and over and over again, and it can really drive you crazy. So we wanted to uh, make a kids' record for our adult fans who happen to have children, you know, and something of the stankers that they could share with their kids without having to worry about growing up boards slipping in. So. And that they would enjoy as adults, uh, the crossover. They could hear certain ironies and some innuendo that the kids wouldn't have any idea about as well. Right, yeah, exactly. I think we really accomplished what we set out to accomplish, and I think Mommy Says No stands out as one of my favorite stankers records. Because I think the songwriting is great on that record. I think there's some really wonderful songs on the record. And sonically, I think it's probably one of our best sounding records. 
so yeah, that one that one's a favorite of mine. Who made those cookies? We had them made. Oh. We had a professional bakery make them for us. I want one of those cookies with the Spanker <laughs> emblem on it. <laughs> yeah, those are cute. I love that. Oh, 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 I, I wish that I could be like you. City that you did something very special where you took your music into a two-week stand, I believe, at a theater in New York City and recorded what and give up showbiz? From the old vaudeville joke about the guy who spends his day cleaning up animal or elephant poop, I think, and then uh, the guy goes, gosh, I don't know, what, how can you do it? And he goes, what, and give up showbiz? We wrote a show that was actually scripted, and the songs and the script were the same every night, just like what you would expect for an off-Broadway show. Only the encore would differ each night, and there were rooms for a little spontaneity there and impromptu humor, but for the sake of what we were doing, it was a, a scripted thing where everybody would see the same show. So that was something definitely different for us. It was nice to stay in one city for... Uh, a couple of weeks instead of being in a different city every day and, you know, having to travel every day. It was really nice to wake up in New York City and have the day to yourself and then just go do your show that night and not even have to load out your gear at the end of the night. Just leave it all in the theater and come back the next night. So that was that was really, really cool. Oh, thanks, Dan. Y'all like love songs? Really? That's as many people as like love songs? About six people? Corey likes love songs. Yes, thanks. You know, uh, love songs make you feel good when you're sad and lonely, like Corey. Uh, but you know, you do get awful sad and lonely on the road as much as we're out there on the road, traveling all the time, so far away from the ones that you diddle. And I haven't seen my girlfriend since she left for Iraq, so. Oh, I didn't hear, is she in the army? Uh, no, she's just sightseeing. Oh, she loves sightseeing. They've got some cheap travel packages over there right now. Anyway, uh, 
I sure do miss her, and I'd like to sing a song about her. But I'd like to dedicate this song to my friends involved in Project Mockingbird over at the New York Times because not only have they done a great job in downplaying the current election fraud in New Hampshire, but they... They're the mofos that introduced me to my baby. My baby in the CIA. You wouldn't believe half the shit that she say. All day in the conspiracy. And all night with me. Instead of high heels and halter tops, she's all false flags and special ops. She liked to shop for things that dropped and pop as cute as a killer can be. <laughs> we took a black helicopter off to see a flying saucer while digging in the desert last spring. Had a whole lot of fun in Area 51. It's where we go to hear the aliens sing. And they sing just like this. But there's more. My baby shot JFK. Oh, she's much older, but that's okay. She got this secret technique that will induce you to say, Uncle, it's sweet, baby, gee. Oh, God. She's so bad. Yeah, she's a running gun right behind my back, selling arms to Iran, selling arms to Iraq. Back in the 80s, she was slinging crack, all in the name of liberty. It's Iran Contra Fair, remember that? But talk of secret torture prisons, or ISI connections, or how she trained the Mujahideen. She'll just bring up the fun in Area 51. That's where we go to hear the aliens sing. And it's very distracting when you're. Telling you, Dennis Kucinich would love it. <laughs> my baby in the CIA, she's my undercover cover girl all the way. She's oiling up her engines for her auto defe as she's spreading her democracy because she loves democracy and she'll stand for it every time. I mean, every time. Well, except for Ecuador, Brazil, Chile, oh, and I guess there was Iran back in 53. Oh, let me see, Guatemala, Indonesia, the Dominican Republic, Greece, Venezuela. They're all textbook examples of CIA-backed military coups of democratically elected governments. But I'm really worried about Brittany. What's going on with her? Can I get a little more coverage? Well, maybe we can get Huckabee to pray for him. Yeah. 
anyway. And when it comes to the attacks on the World Trade Towers, she knows I know she knows something. Cause every time I ask a question about World Trade 7, I mean, why was the collapse of that building completely omitted from the 9-11 Commission report? It seems pretty important. Suddenly there's a flash of bright white light. And then I pass out. Then I experience extreme discomfort. In my rectum. <laughs> Do you, you like love songs, Charlie? That's enough discomfort, thank you. <laughs> and I wake up here in the alien sing. Well, so much for probing questions, right? Everybody sing along. I said everybody. That's better. Okay, not really. It's really creepy when you all do it. And really, somebody should pass out the gum, too, if you don't mind. My baby in the CIA. I haven't seen her since the 5th of May. Cause she got spooked, and then she ran away. Boy, I really miss her chicken salads. <laughs> Oh, there she is! Hi, honey! Oh, Charlie King, everybody! The thing is, people come out to see music and they want to have a good time, right? I like to sing about things that I read about and have ideas about and give my opinions, but I don't want to shove my foot down anybody's throat, so let's all have a good time. Meanwhile, we can still talk about intense topics without losing our grip on having a good time. That's all. It was pretty much, it seemed to me, kind of an autobiographical thing where it kind of gave you the story of the Spankers. I think what we were trying to put forth in a humorous way was the drudgery and the monotony of being in a touring band because people tend to focus on how much fun it must be and how exciting and don't really see what really goes on. You know, the constant, uh, I always feel like I'm, my job is, 75% of it is just moving my things from one place to another. <laughs> you know, I pick them up, I, I put them over here, I unpack them, I put them here, I pack them back up, I put them in the van, I take them out of the van and put them in the hotel, I take them out of the hotel and put them back in the van and move them over here. And I remember one time a woman, she said to me, because God, it just must be so exciting, and wow, you must have had so much fun, and it's so thrilling, And but I don't know how you work with all those guys. And <laughs> I remember thinking, gosh, it's really the opposite, because I like the people that I work with a lot, um, but it's the monotony that kills you. It's the same thing every day, and you're in a different city every day, but you're not particularly aware of that when you don't have any time at all to go enjoy the city. It's just really load into the club and play and load into the hotel and leave, you know. So the whole idea that you're stuck doing this for life, and, and at this point I am. And like you said, 17 years is a big chunk of my life, and I'm unqualified to do anything else at this point. And no skills and no references and no job history. So, 
so this is it, you know, this is my life. And you put a lot in and you get, unless you're extremely lucky, you make an okay living in return and that's it, you know, so. There's a great picture of you carrying about uh, five guitars or something. Right. And that. those, yeah, that was, that's oh. pretty much it, yeah. That's why I said, well, you should definitely get me lugging all this stuff because <laughs> at the end of the night when, you know, I've been in heels all night and I have to load my gear and my luggage into the hotel, that's like the worst part of the night for me. It's like, oh, I'm so ready for this day to be over and and I burden down like some kind of pack animal, you know, carrying <laughs> all this stuff. So uh, my favorite picture on that is Nevada uh, is standing out with, uh, with the hood of the van open up and he's got a hammer. <laughs> Rubbing his chin I love that picture. Because, yeah, your van breaks down sometimes and you find yourself with nothing at your disposal to fix it. You're in the middle of nowhere, you know. <laughs> I like that picture a lot. Morgan Patrick Thompson. I have many a memory of the van blowing a tire and there being one or two people who actually know how to change the tire and then seven or eight people standing there laughing at you and taking photos. That's probably one that sticks out. I'm not sure it's a fond memory, but it's (laughs) rather present. Mark Henney, do you have a favorite memory from being in the Spankers? There's plenty, but I would not share them over the phone. (laughs) I would say we had this really great Thanksgiving in Dubuque at the old fiddle player Dennis Jake's house. They had this health food store, and they made this huge Thanksgiving Day dinner with homemade cherry wine and all organic everything and lots of smokables, and it was great. It was a really fun Thanksgiving with the whole band and a bunch of family. It was great. Nevada Newman, current longest-standing male member of the Asylum Street Spankers. I'm the oldest guy in the band now, too. You going to tell us how old that is? I'm uh, 29. You lying I, sack. <laughs> I, no, I'm uh, I'm 42, but I I, uh, I was second youngest in the band, I think, when I joined. What has it meant to be in the Asylum Street Spankers for you? It has meant uh, world travel. It's meant uh, meeting a lot of people, really cool people all over the place. It's meant not having a day job. That's been nice. It's meant relocating to Austin after being in the Baltimore, Washington area for a long, long time. I will miss the fans now that the Spankers will not be touring. Just I hope that I I see a lot of them again. I I don't feel like my touring days are complete. I definitely still want to get out there and continue to do what I've been doing for the past uh, nine years with the Spankers. Just be doing it with a different set of faces and hopefully uh, still figure out a way to be in touch with the Spanker fan base and let everyone know what's going on. What's next for Nevada Newman? I have no idea. <laughs> if you don't know where you're going, it don't matter which road you take. I don't have any plans to leave Austin, but I don't really have any plans to stay either. Uh, we'll see. I've actually been flirting with the idea of putting together a uh, Rye Cooter tribute band and seeing what happens. Nevada Newman, spanks for the memories, buddy. Charlie Conspiracy King, the spanker that returned. Uh, It's really bringing a bit of sadness for me to know that the spankers are winding it up. What would you say if you had to 
try to say something that you can actually say on the air, what would be one of the fondest memories you have of being in the Spankers? Probably my favorite was getting woke up to the idea of going to shoot some television. We'd been traveling all night and we took a little nap and uh, got woke up bright and early one morning to you asking uh, if we wanted to go shoot some television. Boy, did we shoot some television. That was something else. Yeah, it was like the old Edward Abbey scene of Kill Your TV. We came back to the radio station and uh, a couple of us played some music. That was a good, good old time, good old time. Well, it's great to be a part of that memory, actually, right here in Charlottesville, Virginia. What's the future hold for Charlie King after the Spankers? Well, I'm looking pretty good. I'm all set up as far as food stamps are concerned. (laughs) um, Well, you know, I got my iron in a lot of different fires, writing with a comedy friend, playing a lot with friends here in town, playing in the jug band with some other ex-Spankers and members of the White Ghost Shippers. Charlie King. The last album is God's Favorite Band, From Spanks to the Memories to God's Favorite Band. These were actually recordings that weren't necessarily done in 2009, but you had a, a gig every Sunday where you did kind of a gospel show, or an agnostic gospel, I guess you called it. Right. That was from the very early days of the Spankers before we really became a touring band. We spent about three years just playing around Austin before we really started hitting the road in earnest. and. Every Sunday we would do a gospel brunch. We just never got around to recording any gospel music, which is kind of extraordinary because gospel music had been part of what we do for a very, very long time, since the very beginning. And So what we did is we recorded, I think, three nights in Austin where we played a gospel show. We invited Stanley Smith, longtime Spankers clarinet player, and Guy Forsyth, of course, founding member. and. Doing it in Austin allowed us to get them involved, and we were able to do the shows with them. And I think we recorded it in 2006. Then I mixed the record while I was on maternity leave. It was the first time I'd ever worked with the gear, you know, before like actually the mixing board and doing that kind of work. It was a new skill set that I kind of had to cram, teach myself. And we had we had just bought some recording gear with the intent to. Um, start recording ourselves and help producing our records and so I took a stab at it. It was crazy because I didn't know what I was doing at all. I had no idea what I was doing. My favorite tune on it is that ain't necessarily so. Little David was small but oh my eye.
she fished him, <laughs> she said, from that stream. fun you know I, it's a little bittersweet I, I am looking forward to moving on to something else at the same time you know you gosh this was practically my whole adult life you know so it's, um, it's a little bit sad but it's not necessarily a bad thing we're talking about possibly doing one more record before we wrap it up we wouldn't be touring behind that record but we'd have one last release for everyone so that would be kind of cool but yeah it's been fun <laughs> This is Air Steven. I've been talking with Christina Mars here on WTJU Charlottesville. It's always a pleasure, Christina. Thanks so much for talking with us one more time. Absolutely, my pleasure. Christina Mars. Folk and Beyond with Air Stephen for a journey into contemporary folk music from all over the planet.